9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody in Montreal and on the internet. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Go Plug Yourself, one of Montreal's top-rated podcasts. Um, if you enjoy Go Plug Yourself or generally the content that we put out on 9to5.cc, please, please, please tell your friends about it. It's super cool and nice when we see people telling their friends about their shows that we work so hard to produce and if you're feeling extra generous maybe drop a couple of bucks in our patreon page on patreon.com slash nine to five cc and uh also be sure to follow walter on all of his social media and find out when he's going to be performing next walter's been performing at a bunch of shows you should check him out too and in the meantime enjoy the episode with this amazing guest Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, it's Walter and Keith talking on the internet. Just I will make mistakes. The bro. go plug yourself story. There's no such thing as two hundred episodes in, and we're still Man, that's just winging it. A mighty. I think we're a hundred and I think this is maybe one ninety seven or one ninety eight. That's we're like sweet. We're, we're getting real close to two hundred, and we do it every two weeks too. So it's not like cheating. <laughs> we're like, oh, we did three a week, and now we're at two hundred. That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> like you're like, no, of course you got to two hundred. No, every other week, and we're still almost at two hundred. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. There's like 50 episodes where it's just Keith, though. It is just me talking about myself. No, that's yeah. not, that's <laughs> not really true. Uh, that was the voice of our... Uh, so if you've been listening to the show, which I'm assuming you have because you're a, a loyal listener, we've been kind of having a rotating cast of guest hosts because Walter's been preparing for his... Uh, he's recording an hour. He's a comedian. And he's been being like, I'm going full in on the hour. So I've had a rotating cast of guest hosts recently. Guest hosts? Yeah. <laughs> This is an audition? Fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. But. So this is normally oh, the voice it. of one of my 90s uh, compatriots, which is another podcast that I do. And this is Scott, who's usually on uh, the third you Make it sound like I've never done this show before. You've, this, this is this the is fourth time third. I've done Fourth. Well, who's your four? Leah Rondo, yep. Men I Trust. The Theater Girls. Which, uh-oh. <laughs> which Theater Girls? The Fringe Show Ladies. That we went to Fringe the theater show to record them. Ladies. There was two of them. Was Holly one of them? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so there's been 200 episodes, you guys, and that's not even counting. We do, like, Just for Laugh specials and, like, Fringe specials, which we don't even count in the, like... No, that one counted. It was a full hour. It was full a full show. hour? Yep. Okay. And then my b- <laughs> I feel extra shitty now if I don't remember it. I can't possibly... I do Man. remember one of my last guests, which was uh, we had some of the members of the Great Sabatini on. About a year ago. Yeah. And now I feel like one of them is sitting across from me. So I remember that. Yes. <laughs> that but, yeah, you're preaching into the choir here because mm-hmm. I people come in and I introduce myself and they're like, you've tattooed me four times. Oh, jeez. That's but almost I, worse. But I'm always looking at their body part, not their face right. while I'm doing the tattoo and I don't remember them. You're like, if you took your pants off, I would recognize you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, which I can't cage. say that. <laughs> What's that? It's like, oh, that rib cage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Yeah, two hundred is a lot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I mean, uh, how many how many people have you tattooed? Uh, I don't even know. Like, thousand is like a minimum. I'd say yeah, that's that would be a conservative guess. I've yeah, been doing yeah. it for eight and a half years, so like easily a thousand. 
Yeah. Like, without even trying. And that's it. And then you're like, which is, I always find, like, tattoos are one of those things where it's, like, so intimate for the person getting it. But you're like, but it is also my job, and I do several a day. Yeah, <laughs> So, like, this person exactly. is like, we bonded, Sean. We did it. We, we had a moment. And you're like, we did. And I don't want to diminish that. But... Well, that's I don't remember your name. <laughs> maybe then I don't see them for two years. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's like maybe we did. Like I, I have like really great. I'm trying to scratch myself without touching the mic. Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe uh, I have a really great rapport with a client. Yeah. Like one of my clients, I see her on her birthday every year because she mm-hmm. gets herself a tattoo. Yeah. And she's like one of my coolest clients. Yeah. But yeah, the first couple times I didn't remember her. Yeah. But like, what is She's it? like, remember when you did this one? I'm like, oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> she showed me the tattoo and I was like, that, you're that person. I remember that tattoo. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I, but I also feel that there's like maybe too much uh, like weight on a name. Because <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm like categorically terrible with names. Like Same. Scott, I was his best man at his wedding. Um, we've been coming on 20 years. Yeah. That's weird. Like, and, and like probably as recently as a couple of weeks ago, I've like blanked on his name in conversation. <laughs> I'm like, John, Andrew, Ronan, Scott, like, do you do this thing where you think you have the name right, but then you second guess yourself? You're like, you don't have it right. There are times where he's called me Keith. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. It's brutal. Yeah. Like my, my brain does not, is not amazing with names in life. Yeah. So like, I can't even blame you if you meet like a, a thousand people and you're tattooing them. And again, you're not even looking at their faces. You're looking at their body. Yeah. And then you're just sort of like, I'll remember that piece. And it doesn't mean, if I don't remember your name, it doesn't mean I don't remember you as a person. That's it. It's well, just sometimes I, I will forget a person entirely. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> you're I, mean. I just, yeah, I'm a mean person. <laughs> I try, you know. But, you know, sometimes just I see a lot of people, you yeah, know? Fair enough. Even not even just my own clients. A lot of people come through the door. Yeah. And I'm right. This is my room, right? So yeah. I see people when they come in. I greet people. Yeah. So that, and there's also, I guess, the, I mean, right now, when we just, Sean just kind of gestured around. We're recording not out of Grumpy's. We're recording out of DFA Tattoos tonight um, and where Sean works on his day job. And we also already mentioned your other project, The Great Sabatini. But mm-hmm. that's not what we're talking about. There's been another voice that you may have heard chiming in occasionally. Uh, I, I don't know if I, do we anglicize the name? I don't know the pronunciation. April, is it like yeah, Furlot yeah. or is it like Furlot? Oh, Furlot. Furlot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's how the Maritimers say it. So. Maritimers. I'm sure, I think it did come from like a France name, Furlot or something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's Furlot. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're not fancy. I was going to say, I was like, is it like the French slant on the, uh, on the yeah. pronunciation? No. And you guys uh, are sweetheart grip. Yes. As a couple. Is that a weird... So you guys are a couple. We can say that. Yes, yeah. we're married. We're married. Yeah, we've the, been married for on the 10 show. years. I didn't know so. if you were like... I'm a big wrestling fan, so I don't know if you were like kayfabe. <laughs> like, if you're like... No, as a bet... Like, if you're like... What was it? The the White Stripes. Yeah. So we're like, no, my brother and sister. But we're, <laughs> like, but we're also lovers. I was like, wait, is there like a... Is there a band story? Or you're like, no. We're, we're way too lazy to coordinate <laughs> yeah. our clothing or names <laughs> yeah, or yeah. any story about Weird us. Weird backstory. No, 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 no. Yeah, we're exactly. married in real life and we make music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like exactly. Let's try not to confuse our stories. Uh, so as a unit, you now have chosen to be known as Sweetheart Grip. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of weird. Not not to say is the name or whatever, but it's like you guys have been together like a bunch of time. Yeah. Uh, I saw on Facebook is a decade. We've been married for 10 years. Yeah. Married for 10 together 12, for almost yeah. 13. Yeah. 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 We're super slow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. That's cool. We did. My wife and I did the opposite. We were, we were together for eight 
and now we've been married for almost four. Okay. But yeah, we took the the other. That's cool. Yeah. We, we had the other flip side. But yeah, yeah so we but now it three weeks. <laughs> like, so but like what like twelve years into your relationship though, you're now like there's a name that you can say that refers to us both, and it's sweetheart grip. Yeah, which I feel is like, in and of itself, a weird thing. You're like it's like we're a tag team, and this is our name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really like that. <laughs> like, Demolition was taken, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just. I guess it's like I've been meaning for years to try and get something going because you, know, you know, like as you know, I do music. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. April also does music, but not really professionally. Mm-hmm. Never speak professionally. for you since you're here. No, but, no. Uh, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah, it just I, I've been meaning to do like I have this other stuff that's in me instead yeah. of just screaming loud noise stuff. Yeah. And. Um, April and I goof around at home with the acoustic guitars mm. and uh, I've been meaning to get some stuff together that I can write and then ask April to make noises on. <laughs> yeah. To like, he, yeah, take, it's you know, put your, your like teeth into it. You you're, know? you're singing. You're not just like, you're like make noises on. It's not just yeah. like April like banging yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever in the background. Like... You're you're singing. There's yeah. a, like a, a very good singing voice. Thank you. Happens. <laughs> Make noises on is like the worst like understatement ever. <laughs> I made noises on this track. Like it's very <laughs> humble. <laughs> exactly. Actually, well, I I might just take hold of that for my upcoming album. Yeah. Scott makes noises. Do it. You yeah, do it with your wife totally. too. No, <laughs> oh, no, my wife and I could not work together on anything. But I feel like you could both <laughs> make noises. <laughs> That's a little bit personal, Keith. Uh, yeah. and I mean, That's yourself. <laughs> I don't know if we mentioned it on any of the podcasts, but like in my mind right now, Scott has the favorite, uh, and it also almost ties in with Sweetheart Grip. It's a, it's a stretch. Um, Scott's kid is very um, knowledgeable about dinosaurs. Like you can point at like obscure dinosaurs. Nice. He's on the right track, and mm-hmm. and not just like. Not just be like T-Rex, whatever. I don't know. What's the most obscure dinosaur you could point at and your kid could name? Like more obscure than I can come up with on the spot. Like he can tell you what an Apatosaurus is. Yeah. And explain to you the differences between that and, That's and so other. That's so awesome. So why I said Sweetheart Grip uh, adjacent is because the first EP is uh, Troubadour. But yes. like with the, the P. So it's like P, a, there's yeah. like a Pteranodon on the cover. And... And that's why I was thinking of Scott, because Scott just had like a Thanksgiving. Was it, oh, it was your wife's birthday. And amidst the wife's birthday meal, Scott's kid was like, Pteranodon attack, and just threw a stuffed animal <laughs> like across the table, knocked beer all over Scott. Oh, like, <laughs> your kid sounds awesome. Sorry. <laughs> Surrounded by my in-laws. <laughs> oh, So you no. couldn't do anything about it? Yeah. No, it was actually pretty good, because I got to take 15 minutes where I didn't have to be around my in-laws. I need, <laughs> to, like, I need to step out. <laughs> I have to go change. Excuse me. Just Thanks, there. son. Tiny <laughs> high five. Yeah. Shut the bedroom door. I played a little bit of video games. Nice. <laughs> What's going on in there? Just getting changed. <laughs> from it's taking my incident. time. I'm covered in beer. <laughs> Get out of here. Clothes changing campaign on uh, on the PlayStation right yep. now. Yeah, exactly. That's it. But yeah, the Tyrannodan slash Troubadour is what yeah. made me think of it. That's a weird segue, though. No, dude, there's a Tyrannodon <laughs> on the cover of their EP, basically. That was very much by accident, too. 
Cause I had. Are you, I was like, did you send the wrong image file? <laughs> just throw a <laughs> on no, I mean, <laughs> like, like I wasn't. <clears throat> I had the nest because he's in a little bird's nest. It's yeah. a real bird's nest too. Yeah. yeah, my brother Chris had uh, uh, a bird nest in his in in the his backyard mm-hmm. in a bush. Yeah, and the birds fucked off. So he had this bird's nest, and we were looking at it, and it was really cool. And asked him if I could have it, and he, so he gave it to me. I was like, I'm going to use this for something. And then when I was trying to figure out something for the cover for this thing, I was like, I need to put something in this bird's nest. So I just went to the dollar <laughs> store. I'm like, I'll find something. Cue Dollarama. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there was like a bag of dinosaurs, plastic you know, dinosaurs. I'm familiar with these. <laughs> yeah. You have all of them. As a six-year-old boy. <laughs> I was like, as the father of a dinosaur exactly. yes. child. <laughs> but yeah, he's doing it on the cover. He's doing this thing. He's doing this kind of like, he's got one arm bent. Yeah, he's like Shakespearean. Yeah, yeah. he's doing like, this this kind of bard like thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was like that in the bag. Like, he got mangled up and bent in the bag. Like, one <laughs> arm bent, one wing bent in. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, he was like yeah, he's like, hey, buy me, you know, looking at me. So I was like, that's it. I have to. <laughs> so I, I just took him and stuck him in the bird's nest, took a picture of it, and Nailed that it. was that. Yeah. So how did it all, I guess, so I remember, was it like pre-formation of being like, okay, this is a thing? Because I do remember the, uh, was it the Shitter recording? Shitter, Shitter Sessions. sessions. Shitter yeah. Sessions. Where uh, you guys discovered that there was really good acoustics in your bathroom. Yeah. And then you were like, let's videotape <laughs> ourselves performing music in our bathroom. Yeah. Pretty so much. <laughs> was that the like the nexus of the project? Or sort of. Um, it's good it was practice. definitely. Uh, had, had you, yeah. So were you, had you performed before in the living room? You're like, this isn't right. <laughs> well, let's we, go to the bathroom. We normally would just jam in the living room every right. now and then, like maybe once or twice a month. April would be like, hey, want to want to do some singing? Or yeah. Okay. But then you were the one who actually suggested, like, we should vid- do this in the bathroom and videotape it and put it on YouTube. Was it? It was you, yeah. Really? I mean, you didn't, again, we're referring to you didn't you know how to do any of those things yourself. You were like, you should you do should that. You should do this. You should videotape <laughs> <laughs> and put it on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I will sing. So I did. I'll make some sounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was the kind of thing that kind of got a nice reaction from our friends and family. Yeah, so totally. kind of like... It was encouraging, mm. and I already had a bunch of songs in some state of yeah. Completion. All those songs from the Sweetheart Grip album were pretty much like at least halfway done. Yeah, throughout the years. And there's a bunch more that are in the similar kind of like half done type of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was because I'm I'm just to like give you guys like an idea here. I'm mortified to do this sort of thing. No, I, can I was just even saying just just singing over, like like just like a a, a weird like raw kind of like stripped down singing thing is such a departure from anything that we've seen from you in the last like decade plus yeah. with Sabatini where you're like there's a I would like you guys know the 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 B Casa where yes um, yeah. I remember they played like um, an un, an unplugged show at one point and Nick was just like he's like 
So this is the part of the song where I usually just like scream gibberish, but now I need to like I'm I'm accountable to like lyrics and singing. Stay on yeah. the and pitch. it's weird. <laughs> like he's like <laughs> I usually just blast through this and that's my comfort zone. That's it. But now I'm expected to sing. So I was like it was a similar thing. I don't know if that was with you where you're like Very much. Yeah. yeah. I can it's almost <laughs> like I'm sort of the the amplifiers and the noise, there's Steve bashing his drums so loud that we have to play really loud. Yeah. I can hide behind all of that stuff and use it as some kind of like armor. Yeah. And I feel way less vulnerable. Whereas like just sitting and playing, even if April's singing with me, mm-hmm. singing and playing on an acoustic guitar or like a quiet electric guitar is like, yeah. I feel like I might as well be naked. Yeah. But like you grew up with that sort of thing yeah. and it came natural to you. So it was like April really was the one who was encouraging me and helping me to, to kind of like get to a point where I could not, I don't feel like, uh, terrified to yeah. to even record something and let other people hear it yeah much less do it in front of people you know super proud of you for that by the way oh thank you oh but i get what you're saying there's there's protection and attitude yeah for sure so once you have music without attitude being a driving force that's right it's not front and center necessarily yeah or it's a much more subdued attitude yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So why? Why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you were, you were saying that you were working on this for like a while. And I mean, I know that uh, you mentioned, I guess like on Facebook, whatever, that part of it was a desire to collaborate, obviously, with mm-hmm. your wife. But, but at the same time, you said that you were like working on these songs. So like, where did that, like to Scott's point, come from? If you're like, I like to do this loud, noisy, heavy thing. But now uh, part of me, even if it's scary, wants to do this other thing like where does that come from well i guess that just comes from like what i like to listen to because i was gonna say your taste in general like he has everything from like tom waits to anal cunt to (laughs) yeah beethoven you know exactly i mean grew up like i i think the sweetheart grip thing kind of it's hard to pin down like what it sounds like to me Mm. but it's like when when I listen to stuff like R.E.M. or mm. the Beatles or Ween yeah. or like Neil Young yeah. or, you know, I don't know, Crosby, Stills and Nash. It's like I want to make – it inspires me to want to make music yeah. as much as when I listened when I was younger and I listened to Slayer or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when I listened to the Melvins, where, like I want to turn things up. Like there's a part of me that wants to, to, to make monstrous, loud like obnoxious music and yeah. there's another part of me that's like much you know wants to express the vulnerable side of things and i think that's something you know. that like kind of happens also when you get older like i i remember very specifically when i was a little kid there was i like i some a commercial that was like i only had cbc as a child and there was a commercial i think for a neil young box set mm-hmm. <laughs> or something and i like i have the distinct memory of being like this is the lamest. Like like <laughs> him singing like Harvest Moon or whatever. Yeah. And I was like 12 or 13 and being like, the worst. And then like with age and I guess like wisdom or whatever, you're like, Neil Young is amazing. He's sick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You're like, he is a sick songwriter. <laughs> all of this is fantastic. He's a great singer. Like like all of this is great. But there's like something that I I when you, you can age into to Definitely, be like appreciate yeah. other genres where like something that was important to you as a kid doesn't necessarily stop being important but like i think you're maybe like the spectrum of appreciation grows where you're like i can now appreciate other types of music that 
didn't maybe speak to me when I was like a young rebel, but now I'm appreciating more like music, like theory and construct and like composition. Like there's a lot of stuff I can listen to where I'm like, I can appreciate the composition of this. I still don't like it. You know, like a lot yeah. of pop, I kind of find myself falling into that where I'm like <coughs> listening to a pop song and I'm like, I can understand why this is a popular song and still not like it. Whereas if I was a teenager, I'd be like, this sucks. Yeah. You know, like you just have a knee jerk. I was kind of the opposite. Like my parents were, I'm from like a super tiny little town in New Brunswick. And my parents were kind of like the town house band. Like okay. they were musicians on the weekends. They had day jobs. But like if anyone got married, they were like the band. The band. Yeah. So I was the opposite. I think I was listening to Neil Young and CCR and pretty much all of their old shit well into my I guess prepubescent days when everyone mm-hmm. else was listening to like the cool stuff so yeah. I I think uh I, I got into Nirvana way late when <laughs> <laughs> after everyone else was like starting to get sick of them I was like who are these guys you yeah. know like but yeah I, I kind of grew up with mostly the old stuff yeah. so it's so weird I, I feel it's so weird and I was like I now now that you said that that's what you uh, I was like I want to share mine and then I want to get Scott and Sean like I was just <laughs> sort of like the, the music that was like the music that surrounded you before you had a choice is like super weird. Like it's like I'm I'm yeah. six years the junior of my brother, okay. and my brother loved like '90s dance, like hot garbage, like <laughs> like CNC Music Factory, like Snap, like Two Unlimited. Like I used MC to love that Mar- stuff too. When I was like 12, 13 years old. Yeah, yeah. but he was older than me. He was like okay. 17, 18. <laughs> and he was just like into that, and I was like, not so much. <laughs> like I was like, it would be what he was. He had a driver's license. So he would drive me around. So that was what was just around. Like he, like, owned the Spice Girls albums and like and bought like Jerry Hallowell's solo album and stuff. Like was just like, is it crappy dance music? This is what I'm into. And then my dad uh, was into like the like rock and roll before rock and roll got good. Mm. So like the absolute safest of the Beach Boys, you okay. know, like like before, the Mike yeah. Love like before Pet Sounds <laughs> or anything like yeah. interesting and stuff. Like like the real nailed it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah exactly. Can I cough yeah. or should I move the mic? You, I, I mean, don't know what's you going could on. cough if you coughed away from I the mic. I'd appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I there just you go. Sure, like. <laughs> I just there. But yeah, so there's like that music that surrounds you, and I was like, I never necessarily hated it, mm-hmm. but then uh, I remember, I think. I'm trying to remember, like, maybe, like the, f- like, the first time I heard, like, Weezer, I was like, mm-hmm. whoa. Like, and Weezer, like, Weezer was the first, like, CD that I owned. Or my, mem- my parents, uh, I wanted Absolute 90s, which had, like, yeah, some, like, Marilyn Manson on it or whatever. It had, like, soul coughing or something. Like, like, and just, like, stuff. When I started to get into, like, alternative, I was like, what is this? And it was, like, finding it on my own yeah. meant a big deal. But it was just, like, such a reaction to the, like, super safe like late 50s early 60s rock shoo and then up, like yeah exactly <laughs> like um, like like let's go to a sock hop i don't know <laughs> yeah scott oh, music music hops. thoughts what was, what was the music that that did you react to music did you ever like oh yeah back? yeah I'm a, I'm a big um i can't imagine person that i'm still hip-hop. i'm still very attached to like my music mm-hmm. my, my wife is constantly trying to get me to throw away my cassette collection because <laughs> we don't have a cassette player and i don't <laughs> No you don't know way to get another one. I don't know a way to explain <laughs> to her that that's not the point. Like, there's more than being able to listen to those cassettes yeah. for me yeah, uh, for emotionally. Sure. A lot of my music to start was based on fitting in. So, like, my first three yeah. musical cassettes were 
Paul Abdul, Janet Jackson, oh, wow. and Tone Loke Stone Cold Rhyming. Was it Rhythm Nation? It was Rhythm Nation. That's <laughs> such a great <laughs> album. That is, that's a good one. That is a good yeah. album, and it's cool to say it now, but there was a period <laughs> through my high school life in the oh, early sure, 90s yeah. that was not okay of to course, be like yeah. the guy who was into that. I had MC Scat Cat on cassette. You remember that the animated cat that rapped with Paula Abdul once? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I do? <gasps> I totally forgot. Opposites attract. Opposites attract, yes. exactly. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, the, the animated cat. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> had his own Abdul. album. I had the album of the animated I didn't know cat. that. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, he has a full length. I had the California crazy. Raisins Christmas tape. Oh, wow. I believe. Really? Yeah. I met them. Were <laughs> 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 they all like. I don't know. I f- the commercials used to trip me out because it was like weird, scary claymation. Yeah, it was stop motion. I whatever. Think, yeah, no, I remember being kind of no scared joke. of them. I make my kid watch the California Raisins claymation Christmas every year. Really? And he doesn't understand why, but he, he has to watch but, like, it. Is that, the one with, is that the one with like Wimble <laughs> the Night and all that stuff? Or no, like it's the one with uh, oh, like Carol like, of the Bells okay. and the three camels that sing Three Wise oh, Men. Yeah. Oh, so it's like the OG one. Because, oh, yeah. Because they show up in the later one with like Bump in the Night, like Mr. Bumpy and whatever, because yeah, no. they're also in that one in a weird <laughs> 90s throwback. It was like a Nickelodeon show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I vaguely remember. Yeah, Bump in the Night. Bump in the Night. He was like a green goo guy. Yeah. He was like Mr. Bumpy. Like, because the California Raisins also show up in oh, his shit. claymation. Because I guess I, there's only so many claymated characters. <laughs> I have no idea what any of that stuff is. <laughs> no. And then, yeah, through music, I kind of found my own way through the 90s. And then we were talking a little bit before we, we plugged in. Uh, I was at Dawson and I became a DJ. And at the Selby campus, I had to play CanCon. My show was all Canadian content. Really? And played a lot of like... Rush. No, like <laughs> modern day, like rusty and <laughs> the '90s were a really good time for CanCon. I yeah. gotta say, they were Moist. there were some really yes. good Moist Star Lady piece. They were they were Star like go tears. Uh, oh, was that? Uh, uh, they just had a comeback. Econoline Crush. Oh, that, that was oh a, yeah. yeah. Thank God for Much Music's Big Shiny Tunes. That's yeah. 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 Like, they just had a comeback. They were like a weird, like. Nine Inch Nails kind of rip off. Stabbing Westward? No. Uh, I can't mm. remember them. Comeback is in there getting like radio play? Yeah, yeah. They just, oh. I mean, they had radio play maybe like a year or two ago. Hmm. Yeah. The Tea Party. The Tea Party. Yeah. Yeah. The Tea Party just had a comeback. Really? What was the name yeah, of the festival? The Ski yeah. Festival? The what? Ski Fest, the snowboard festival they used to put on. Snowdrop. Snowdrop. Snow yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys. That's what I. You know, like you dodged What's that? All of that. Joe called Snowjob. There was, yeah. Okay, just making sure I'm not. Crazy. There's a performance that, like, I, 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 I like, I love Wilco. Mm. They're they're actually one of the bands that influenced this project for mm. me a lot, and they they did a performance on Snowjob, '97 or something like that. That was mm. like. I actually looked up some of those on YouTube. There's some really bad footage of like VHS. I, w- I was the guy who recorded that stuff. I would sit there yeah. and watch much music and music just with, with the, the VCR right in front of me, pressing play, pause, trying to get the That's awesome mixtape videos. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Things that the people will have no concept of now. You yeah. Know? Thing, just like a show like The Wedge. Like yeah. Totally. At that time, there was no way to get music like or that. Have you, have you seen the video for this song? No? Well, too bad then. Yeah. <laughs> 
Maybe in another three months, maybe if you tune in at midnight. Yeah, if you if you watch music videos between one and two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. On a VHS tape somewhere in my house, there's like. Bad Religion music videos from 94, 95. Nice. That was not played on, on television or on the radio, and I don't know any other way that... Where it came from. ...anyone <laughs> could have gotten that well, except for that. Like, Joey and I talk about this a lot, because me and him both were doing this at the same time, but I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. But it, listening to uh, either uh, Rage, which was Claude Rajat's show on yeah. Shom in yeah. the 90s, yeah, yeah, yeah. or uh, CKUT, like yeah, yeah. the death metal... Like after midnight type of stuff. When I that's where I first heard death metal and like really brutal music and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah, it was like you couldn't just go on the internet and then find it. find yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Like literally all of it at the tip of your fingers. It was yeah. like there's the, there's and you had to find other people who knew about that too. And then it was like a networking thing. There was still. There, I feel like it's something like you said. Like people are not going to get to experience anymore. And I feel that there's something. So, like, um, before they were Vampire Weekend, the t- two dudes from Vampire Weekend were in this band called Lum Run, but, like, written like Home Run. Uh, and they have a song about pizza. And it was playing on, like, CKUT or whatever. And this is, like, seriously, like, Sarah and I had just started dating, so, like, 10, 12 years ago. And we were like, this song is the greatest. So then we, like... F- found out about this band and then they went on to become vampire weekend so now i'm like whenever i see vampire weekend i was like they had this it's like a weird like rap about pizza so it's like i can no longer (laughs) even consider vampire weekend a serious band because i was like when you guys were in college you were just rapping about pizza (laughs) like anybody else would be doing yeah but it's just like it's like this weird context that i'm like i'm sure is a lost on 95 percent of the fans of vampire weekend but it's like it's this thing that's like is robbed from you now because you're just gonna like look at the discography you're not gonna find like there's like a weird thing of those like djs like real radio djs who are like this is where they came from and here's a weird track that you've never heard of or whatever like it's like the only way to kind of feel like most of the time discover music through mainstream media is like you're told exactly what to listen to there's like that weird there isn't like a sage like guy who has a record collection a mile long to be like, if you like this, here's the album that influenced them from 10 years ago. Yeah. Like you don't get that unless you're a, like a bin diver or like really into it. Like it's difficult. I feel now. Well, maybe you're there. lucky and you know that person, you know, they're like your yeah. older brother. I d- I'm the oldest. So I either and had you have to a find a big stuff. record collection also. I do. Yeah. yeah. But when I was a kid, I had, I had uh, my uncles or one of my cousins. Uh, I had an older, have an older cousin, Joey, and I idolized him. I thought he was like super cool, which he is still. Yeah, I was but like, don't put that in past tense, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I he's thought he was still, cool. he's, he's still one dork. of the coolest people <laughs> I know. Sucks. <laughs> but yeah, it, it. I would, you know, talk to him about music, yeah. and I'd be like, you know, picking his brain to see what yeah. he liked, and you know, it was. I, I came from a family music lover, so, you know, my uncles, my parents were all, like, playing lots of stuff around me all the time, and, mm-hmm. like, when I started to get into punk, I had an uncle who was there kind of on the ground floor in the late 70s, and yeah. he just brought a whole bunch of records over for me and was like, listen to this. And then that so while the three of us were just listening to crap, you were just getting the best music all Your the time. I was Jamie? very lucky, because, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Y- you, you never, like, you know. Your Uncle Jamie? Yeah. 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 
So just going back to like in the nineties, you had Claude Rajat, you had yeah. Music Plus, and weird radio stations. You guys are making music now. Like my impression is, the hustle is no longer finding one of these people to play your music. You guys have to seek out the audience directly. Yeah. You'd be like, you I made this music. Here it is. It's listen listen to it now. I feel that it's so bad. Like when we've been doing, sorry to cut, like, to cut the thing. I was like, we've been doing this podcast since, I, or we've been doing podcasts since 2010, 2011. And in 2010, 2011, there were still music podcasts mm-hmm. that were like possible. But mm-hmm. then in the like last. Midnight Poutine. Yeah, exactly. Like Midnight Poutine, uh, like Beat Beat Sessions. Like there was like a lo- uh, weird like prog uh, podcast that I used to listen to. But now because of licensing, music podcasts are dead, like ish. Like you can't have a music podcast unless you get like individual rights signed off on because it's like you are putting it up in perpetuity. Like a radio program. Yeah. Kind yeah, of exactly. forever. Yeah. So like the licensing gets super tricky. So a lot of the podcasts have like drowned out. But I'm like, it's such a bummer. Because there was a period about like nine or ten years ago where there were music podcasts I would listen to, which are obviously like there's no CanCon rules or like uh, heavy rotation or whatever. Yeah. If you're like, I, li- I like this guy's music taste, I'll listen to his music podcast mm-hmm. and he'll play me shit that's there. But now even because of licensing, they can't do it in the same way. So now I guess like you guys are out there being like, listen to our stuff. And there's no DJ to like help. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's no built-in. There's it. no built-in audience. Yeah, no. I mean our our audience. Sure, that, but that's you <laughs> have to build it right. And yeah. I don't know how to build that with this, other than to just um, put out content and share it on our social media and mm-hmm. and l- take some of the stuff that I've learned from my other band mm-hmm. and apply it in some way that works for this. We didn't. We're, we're not touring, yeah. Which that yes. was how I, yeah. Well, we are gonna try and do some shows in the Ooh. new year, but you know, that was how I put out my band's music was yeah. just touring relentlessly and forcing people in Shoving various towns, in yeah, throats. to learn about us. And eventually, people, some people we're liked tomorrow us. Night. Oh, we can't make it. We're playing the night after. Also. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I can't. We're also playing next week. I guess I'm gonna come. That's right. Well, not even that. Like my band has a huge following, but like there is a little bit of a springboard where like I can go on to my band's Instagram and tell people about yeah, this yeah, one, yeah. and some people will be into it. Yeah. Even though there's no crossover <laughs> at all between the two things. But uh, but again, I feel that like what we kind of referred to earlier is like there is, I, I, I believe personally like Sabatini kind of like appeals to me, not necessarily older, but like a North of 30 yep. heavy person who's into heavy music. And I think that when you are a music fan North of 30, your like appreciation for music is a little bit wider. Spectrum's so like, broader. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So to necessarily say like, Oh, uh, if you like Sabatini, you're not gonna like Sweetheart Grip. Is not as true as it would be if you went to like yeah. an 18 year old. I agree. Yeah. And you're like, agree. oh, you like Sabatini, you're not gonna like Sweetheart Grip. That might be true to an 18 year old. Which is why I'm not. <laughs> I'm not shy about telling using the like you know the Sabatini social media to yeah. like pu- to push this. Yeah. Because I know that most chances are most people are gonna be at least open to, to yeah. checking it out. I mean, if you like listen to it and you don't <laughs> like it, that's that's it. I mean, yeah. if I were in, you know. Slayer or something like that, yeah. like a band like that, and this might be like a little, you know, like I feel like there's like demographics and markets. It's like there's definitely a, a some 
crossover, but like Sabatini isn't even necessarily a really big genre band. Yeah. They're like that project breaks a bunch of rules and genre stuff and like so does this and I feel like it's weird enough that and marginal enough that the people who like that band like lots of different things. Yeah. Like I was <laughs> I, I don't even know who I was talking with but like Kid Cudi uh a couple of years ago did the um uh the bullet what is it speeding bullet from a something he did like a 90s grunge album like two oh, or three really? years ago. I didn't know I didn't yeah, know he did that. It's it's very good. <laughs> and it's like it's literally a 90s grunge album to the point that he even had Mike Judge record uh, Beavis and Butthead interludes Holy a shit. couple nice. times. I need to check that out. That's Speeding Bullet from a Train. Interesting. I can't remember. But it, like, and it's, it's, it's not hip-hop. It is a 90s grunge rock album. Like, and I liked it. But you know what I mean? But I'm not like, I also like Kid Cudi's hip-hop, but I wasn't like, eh, it's not hip-hop, and just like threw it out. I'm just sort of like, okay, I appreciate you as a, an artist. I'm going to check this out, knowing it's something different and having an open enough, like open mind enough to be like, okay, cool. This is, this is not a Kid Cudi album in the definition of a hip-hop album, Yeah. but this is another album that is a completely different musical genre that is, can still be good. You Beck know, like, does that well. Yeah. Every single album I feel that Beck's done. It's like sometimes I'll even hear a song and find out later that it's Beck and I would have yeah. never He's had like a multiple phases. Yeah, yeah but he sure. does it so well. He's like the Gary Oldman of yeah. like Well that was That's the cool Childish Gambino is an example where every one of his records oh, is yeah, like totally. Oh, you're just rapping over indie songs and wait, you released a funk album. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Cool. yeah. Like I think there's more and more I think acceptance. Of that, if you're like, I'm yeah. an artist who has is not gonna like and pigeonhole myself into one. Type I of think music. a lot of that comes from, uh, hopefully, or at least my observations are that that comes from uh, younger people's attitudes. I always had this attitude, but I didn't grow up in 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 a culture that had this attitude of like, I don't give a fuck what you think I should be listening to. I'm gonna yeah. listen to what I want. Like I like hip hop, and mm-hmm. I liked rock and roll and i like my parents music and shit like that story that i like to tell about being in high school was like one of the worst days of high school for me or what up grade eight i guess we call it high school here but it's secondary school i guess you know whatever high school middle school school maritime yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) but junior high i had a chicago bulls t-shirt because it was like Bulls. Like Jordan's like peak, peak era. Yeah. And I had a red and black plaid flannel shirt over mm-hmm. it. And that was just unacceptable to everybody in the school that day. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, it was like the bull shirt was for like the rapper type people. Oh, good. And even then You're I was wrong, risking Sean. like, uh, risking, yeah, exactly. Being threatened by like some of, some of the black guys who had like, bad attitudes about like me copying a bull shirt and then people the going like but you're wearing like a grunge type thing too like you can't like both of those things at the same time the judgment and night soundtrack must have been so happy for oh you. <laughs> yeah like, like yeah that was a big wrench in the works right <laughs> but yeah there was like a thing where they like i was basically because i was you know 14 years old i was like browbeaten into just taking one of them off before I was actually physically beaten. Like it was like, it was just what? like halfway through the day. I was like, okay, I'm taking the plaid shirt off. That's crazy. Cause I me. don't want to 
like I like I've just faced everybody's ridicule for the entire day, and I'm like, you're 14 years old. Like I'm not I'm not impervious to that yeah, shit. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But yeah, there was this closed-mindedness about stuff where it's like all my friends were either like hip hop heads, like alternative guys, the guys who liked like um, 80s rock type stuff, like didn't like the alternative stuff. And yeah. It was like everything was very sectioned off, and I feel like now you have a lot of the younger generation of like rappers and rock guys too or like just there's just saying fuck it like i want to do yeah i want to do this also I do that like and i mean we, we we talked about there's not necessarily djs dictating what to listen to but the flip side of that is you can now listen to everything yeah you know like like your your musical tastes are no longer dictated by your radio station they're dictated by your like uh, Spotify account. Yeah, your Spotify <laughs> account or your Google Play or whatever. Totally. So if you do, if you want to get eclectic, it's right there. Mm. You know what I mean? Whereas I was like, I feel that like when we were in school. The you closed off. More closed exactly. Off. That's it. Like you wouldn't necessarily, if you were not like into hip hop, there was no real way to get into hip hop. Yeah. Unless you like already were. You know, so you're or just sort of you're like, you, you like, you're like, that's not for me, <laughs> you know, and you're like, and you, there was no like avenue, but now you're like, I can now go and listen to the entire back catalog of the Notorious B.I.G. or all of Wu-Tang or whatever. Yeah, that's like, the thing. It still requires effort, right? You still have to, to do it. But it, but it, the, but the effort I think is less. I feel that like, and I like, it's much easier for a kid who might be like otherwise a punk to go and click on like 32 Chambers than it is for a kid who's dressed as a punk to go to a record store and buy 32 Chambers. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there is that weird, like, oh, I need to, like, bring this record Put to the... Put my shoes on? To oh. the to the guy, or, or and the guy's going to be like, that's not for you. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, there's yeah. a lot of, like, stigma or, that you can circumvent by being by yourself on your iPod and just being but, like... Oh, I'm for sure. But more than that, like, music as identity yeah. is, l I think, less now than it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. True. Like my zip-up CD case was a way to both show off and be instantly judged by my peers <laughs> based on what they could see flipping through it. Yeah. And that's hey, do you not have anything to put on? Thing. Take your CD case and you're like, oh no. So much anxiety Why right now. Why is Aqua in the first <laughs> slot? <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. Interesting. Oh, no. I think it's just... I don't know if that's there anymore. Yeah, I think it's. I don't know. I would judge just like the way I think we're back in a in a place <laughs> in terms of pop music. We're back in a place like we were kind of in the fifties, where people don't care about albums; they care about songs. Yeah. And I guess in a way that's different from then is what we were just addressing of like people don't feel beholden to any particular genres or less beholden. Yeah. Either because there's the you know the people first of all like when you like whatever say what you will about Kanye. Yeah. He <laughs> listens to everything. Yeah, he sampled well, year, everything. Yeah, well, this year had Old Town Road, right? Which is like, yeah, like I mean, like as much as you, I mean, pr like it's a very poppy kind of nonsense song, but you're like, it's still you're like genre question mark. You're like, it's a country rap song. Oh man! And it was like the biggest track, and like regardless of what you want to think about the song, if you're like, a country rap song was the biggest song of 2019. That's like a weird thing. I like what that represents. That, yeah, that yeah. Totally. You know, like, I don't like that song at all. <laughs> no, it's but a bad I love song. that it's it's basically like a, a fucking hand grenade of culture. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. Like explodes exactly. and all these implications happen after that. Yeah. yeah. It samples Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. <laughs> like Trent Reznor gets like a huge portion of 
like the royalties for that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus is the one who has to come in and champion it to white people. Yeah, That's exactly. It. Be like yeah. B- Billy Ray Cyrus would be like, no, no, no. Come you're on, with, guys, you're just give it a chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> like, like again, whatever you want to say about that song, culturally, it's insane. It yeah. is. And good for him. Yeah. Man. Good for I don't that like guy. it. I don't like the song for my own tastes, whatever. I don't care. I love what it does. Yeah. Also, oh. it was hard for me. I don't know if you've seen that video of him, like, surprising a bunch oh, of, like, six-year-olds. No. They lost he their just, minds. Like, I'm sure, dude. He comes I, out into a gymnasium, and these kids lose their minds, and he sings it, and they're all singing with word him. Word for word. Well, your my, kid, my kid yeah. came home and was like, Daddy, do you know that song? Old Town Road. I was like, yeah, I know that song. <laughs> Let's watch that song. And he was like singing along for it. Yeah. yeah. And he, he did not hear it at the house. Like yeah. he, he learned all the words yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> and, and again, it's for Lil Nas X to come out and be like, I'm a 20-year-old gay black man releasing yeah. the best country song the world has heard in the last <laughs> five years. Yep. Boom. Yeah. yeah. I love totally. that. That yeah. rules so also, much. Also, just it's almost a good thing that the powers that be in the country charts were like, this isn't country music because it like blew up this dialogue. Yeah, it made a hel- another hilarious dialogue. Of just like, yeah, I mean, it's shitty that that happened. And it's it's crappy that we're still so many miles away from any kind of normalization of these sorts of things. Yeah. But Have you heard The Get Out by Benny, Benny Blanco? No. Oh. It's, no. It's another like house I, DJ rapper who was like, Everyone who's playing Old Town Road needs a song to follow it. So I'm going to do a song that's got line dancing instructions. Oh, oh sweet. Well, Chef's Kiss. It's outstanding. Like electric slide. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, like, to like the put, left, spin your girl around. Spin like, around, spin so your partner. Like, oh, my God. Like oh. a hoedown. Yeah. And, nice. But also like a house track. A house track. I'm looking yeah. that up when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys were like, I want to be a gun handle. Yeah. That <laughs> that's all his brain. I love the name, so but you, I can't take Do you know what a sweetheart grip is? Yes. Yes? I've seen enough country western movies. Oh. <laughs> Did you know? Or I have no idea. No? But I think it's cool. It is yeah, super cool. saw an article about it in a blog a couple of years ago, and yeah. I was like, I'm putting that in my back pocket of future <laughs> names, the songs, <laughs> albums, whatever. Exactly. It's going to get used in something, because yeah. I thought it was like it had a really... So like it's a, a clear it. a clear covering over the over the handle of your gun where you'd put you'd mash a photo in of your of your lover yeah and then put the clear covering over so that you'd have your lady on your on the handle exactly of your gun. you'd have like, like picture lamination. of your wife back home yeah. there's these old World War II guys that have pictures of their girlfriends mm-hmm. on their guns didn't you say oftentimes too that for to get the clear they would basically like dumpster dive for like downed planes and they yeah. would use like the window the windshields of the downed planes to yeah exactly to do yeah, yeah, yeah. they, they like melt like the plastic or yeah like those exactly or, yeah that's crazy but yeah, yeah not that I'm I'm not a huge like gun enthusiast or anything but but it's a romance enthusiast I feel yeah it is like, very there's a, romantic there's a thing if you know Bear Grylls like Survivor Man yes yeah like uh, he has a thing where like they were talking like he did an AMA on Reddit and they were like what is the the number three thing like the top three things you'd want to survive and he was like uh, <laughs> like knife paracord and then he was like camera crew <laughs> no yeah <laughs> yeah sorry I'm like, a and less like, and it's kind of girl. and he's like kind of a tie because he's like Part of me would go with like a like a flint, but he's like, but I know that you can make fire in there. But he's like, 
a, like a solid third place is a photo of a loved one because he's like the one thing you can't find in nature is like hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, it was like weirdly like moving. And I was like, he's not wrong. Where he's like, if you're like in a genuine survival situation, there's a lot of stuff you can scrounge and find and whatever. But like the motivation to get on to the next day is not coming from yeah. anything. And I was like, but that photo, and I guess like the sweetheart grip kind of thing follows in it's there true. where you're like, yeah. I'm in the shit and in the trenches and in whatever. You're like, the hope part. Why am I here? Yeah, what it's am like I that doing thread this for? That what do I want to get back to yeah. and stuff? Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, think I thought it was catchy. I like the sort of meaning behind it. Mm-hmm. The weird kind of retro. Morbidly um, romantic. Yeah, I don't know. Just thinking of that kind of World War Two, black and white, yeah. yeah, photograph type of like aspect to it. Well, and I mean, and also the we haven't really talked about the music that much, other than saying it's not like <laughs> <Whoops>. Sabatini. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not like the great Sabatini. But yeah, but it's like this like melodic kind of like haunting acoustic. Like there's like a macabre element, I guess. Some of it sounds very somber. Yeah. Yeah, like pretty. Yeah, pretty somber. Yeah, uh, for sure. You did the. I mean, there's the the video for Seance Three, Seance 3 which yeah. has the old cartoon overlay and stuff. Yeah. So there's like a bit of a retro throwback thing. I mean, I'm sure you guys are not necessarily being like, we have an image, like, <laughs> but you're like, but it's coming. I feel yeah, like it, it's trying, like it's, it's appearing naturally. Yeah. I think like. Yeah, I have ideas, and then I try to, like, filter them in a way that's kind of comprehensive to uh, a vibe mm-hmm. and curate them to some extent, and I'll I'll throw ideas out, and April will definitely be very honest with me about what Have, you, have you shot anything down? Dinosaur I'm not going to say what it was, but there was a, I ha- we have another video idea for a second video, and, oh, yeah. and you shot it down right away. But, but then, then I came you, up with a really awesome idea. You came up with a better idea. version of it. Oh. So. See? Yeah. Okay, so stay tuned. No, I, I have no problem with you being <laughs> super brutally honest with me. I prefer that. I don't want you to lie to me because you're afraid of hurting my feelings. Especially because it's like, <laughs> like it's just you an guys idea have been together for like over a decade. She's oh wait, not I'm not supposed to yeah, exactly. fake no, it's like talk <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> There's a I'm putting we're putting ideas into the pot and it's like if something's not gonna work, sometimes you need you need to like take it out of your head yeah, mm-hmm. and say it out loud. And even then maybe I'll be like, ah, I don't like the idea of that anymore. Or some like, sometimes you'll just say it and then you need someone to be like, I think that's kind of corny mm-hmm. or whatever. I also want to be yeah. slightly careful just because again, this is stuff that he's lived with for way longer than I have. And it's mm-hmm. like 99.99% like his baby. So music wise, I would never really presume to make any, criticisms or anything like that because I yeah, think Yeah, but if you weren't awesome. feeling a song, I would... No, that hasn't know. happened yet, so yeah. we'll yeah. see. But also, <laughs> but, even, but you were saying that you were like, even if you're saying it was 99.99% Sean, if he was writing it with you in mind... Yeah, I guess You know, maybe. like, there's still, like, an extra, like, a lot of percentage I accidentally you, contributed. <laughs> well, not even accidentally, but if you're like, I wrote this with you in mind and you're like, I don't, that's not, I'm not feeling that. Even if he wrote it, you know, True. I'm like, like it's still, you're like, okay, so I need to go back to the drawing board or whatever. Like, it's not, it doesn't, I don't think, removes your, like, spot creatively, if that, oh. like... Yeah. Yeah. Like... It's also, I don't know, It's it's been an interesting kind of way of learning more about one another. And it was like, when you think, okay, we've been together for almost 13 years, and you think you know 
a ton about a person. You think you know somebody. Who does, you know. who does, like, do you do all the lyrics or? Is yeah, I do. I write everything. And, okay. Um, yeah, and then I, <clears throat> I initially it was sort of just like, I want to write everything and April will just sing, oh. you know, because I'm a pussy and I don't want to <laughs> expose myself in that way. <clears throat> that I will take some credit for, for pushing you a little bit. Well, that's the thing. Now I want it to be more balanced. Now yeah. I want my voice to be. I love the way we sound together. Yeah, I think we work well together. We're working better as we go. So it's really kind of interesting so to <laughs> figure that out. Yeah, it's fun. So I have a question about the project, like as a, as a, as a concept. Is it for you guys music driven and everything else work to make people have access to the music or we, we talked a bit about videos and a bit about pushing it through Instagram is it a a case where you have to think about the whole presentation or well, marketing or like not marketing in a way that no, just like you're selling yourself PR but a, a marketing in a way that like like, are you making it for an audience or are you just making it for yourself kind of or is I it mean, just music plus something that will make it easier for someone to listen to the music if we were in our 20s doing this <laughs> and i would have we would just be doing it for the sake of doing it with very naive uh people are going to listen or not man. Aspect. well that's i mean i've always done <laughs> things never like i've never been a kind of person who's like i only make music for me well, no, I, I then I would never play I'll a show. I leave copies of the cassette that the song on the on the bus. <laughs> hope someone takes it. <laughs> Just leave it out there. No, I want people to hear the music that I make. You know, is and that so wrong? <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> but so I'm the first person that has to be pleased. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I have to like it, and we have to like it, and then then it's like I hope other people like it too. <clears throat> but um, we feel the opposite way about podcasting. We're yeah. not gonna, <laughs> the computer's not even on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just, We've just been battery died a long time. <laughs> <laughs> We're just wearing these microphones like a bunch of idiots. But this is all like super new to me. Like I've never done anything even semi-professionally ever. It's always just been like something I do because I like it and it's fun. So this is like, this is my little learning process, I guess. I'm so just kind of... Yeah. So what do you want from it? Like, is it just to make the music? Is it to... I mean, Make I would videos it's like to play friends weddings in the Maritimes. Yeah, that one. <laughs> 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 I just have fun singing with him, playing music yeah. with yeah. him. And honestly, if this never goes anywhere, like I had just as great of a time and we'll, you know, I like definitely have more ambition. He does have more ambition <laughs> than I do. Outside of our apartment yeah. Yeah. for, for this project. And it's only basically, <laughs> and I don't have huge ambitions. I just want to use whatever audience I have at this point from, uh, being a tattooer, being in other musical projects and being blessed with many friends uh, and like uh, at the internet mm -hmm. to, uh, to kind of get this out there. And then next year, like I said, we want to, I want to try doing some shows mm -hmm. and maybe that will continue the thing. Um, I would love to figure out how to promote music in an active way that doesn't involve touring relentlessly. Stay out of podcasting. That's us. We're coming for you. I know there's ways to hustle on Spotify and stuff like that, yeah. getting your stuff on playlists and, I'm and so things bad like that. I don't know how to do that. I'm yeah. starting to research these things. But if, if Lil Nas X taught us anything, to make a song under two minutes long so you play it again because you liked it. That's a still sound advice yeah. mm -hmm. in this day and age. Well, there was um, 
I was talking about this with someone. There's a band uh, called Superorganism, okay. and they're like I, I, I definitely a ten piece, possibly a twelve piece band, and they started collaborating on the internet, uh, like like literally like recording bits and then like mixing it back mixing forth. it remotely and all that stuff, and then they were like they were happy enough with their stuff that they were like let's all move to the same city. They moved to London, and then they started producing albums or whatever, and then they were like touring as a like 10 to 12 piece sounds like a nightmare yeah and so now they do um they do like a monthly show at a venue in london so they were like don't like obviously if you're in london and you want to see us maybe come but they were like but they don't tour really like they just do like once a month shows it's like this hey one. come here for yeah exactly i thought like about that sort of thing for this as well maybe not that well thought out but yeah like quarterly to do, or whatever. To do a show, yeah. Mm-hmm. To do at least one, like a local show a couple times a month. And also, it's this isn't really a band. It's just yeah. you <laughs> and I. So there's no rules. I know enough guys that I could, I could put together some kind of ensemble to play full band arrangements of the songs. Yeah. Or we could do just us. Yeah. You know, or I could add a couple of people. We're and lucky like, enough to have the types of friends that's we have it. that are yeah, all, yeah, yeah. most of and them are like like crazy we talented can do musicians. A number of different configurations if we wanted to. And mm. there's nobody, we're the boss. There's nobody that I need to please. You know, like Sabatini is very much a democracy. Or not even it's a un, un, whatever you call it. Like we, everything's pretty much has to be unanimous. Yeah. So it's like, it's a much different sort of situation than this one, where it's like we can do whatever <laughs> we want, whenever we want. Yeah. And there, well, first of all, we're not under contract with anybody. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sort of, I think we're both sort of playing it by ear just mm. to see what happens. Yeah, but we're I think we. <laughs> I am. I'm pretty happy with the results of our little weird home demo stuff that yeah. we were yeah. putting out. Well, that's it. Well, the other thing was you, you did it all DIY, right? So you didn't yeah. even, like, you recorded in the house. You, yeah. did, you, you I, I saw your, your woes in terms of, like, syncing <laughs> video to audio. Yeah. Like, in your... Yeah. That's I've been learning how to do a lot of this stuff as I go. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, some of the stuff, like some of the, the audio stuff, I have friends who can give me cool advice. Mm-hmm. And I definitely when I was done mixing things, which of course I felt like, okay, I've got the mixes. I sent this stuff off to be mastered, uh, with my friend, Sean Pearson in mm-hmm. Hamilton, who's I've worked with, with Sabatini, but I know he's got a, an appreciation for lo-fi stuff and things of like a less polished nature. So he it would be in good hands with him, but yeah, as job. soon as he did an amazing job, so good. but yeah, as soon as I'm, I sent it off, I'm like, start thinking about thing revisions I could have made to the mix or whatever. <laughs> but uh it's like cleaning your house before the maid comes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I want I want it to be good before he gets it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like no, that's part of what he she does. You can't see how I live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell people how Oh, I would be embarrassed if Sean sauce me recording any of this stuff <laughs> for sure. That man is a professional engineer. Yeah. Like the studio engineer, and I'm a guy working on his iPad. At <laughs> <home>. <laughs> well, that was the uh, like, if you know, like Death from Above, 1979 yeah. or whatever, where they were like, 
there's was like a set of uh of amps or whatever that they like drilled holes in and stuff and uh like jesse keeler the bassist was like when we blow these amps he's like i we're, we're screwed he's like <laughs> so much of our sound is in this like frankenstein amp that he's like i don't know what i did to it but like the sound comes out that way and he's like but i'm not an audio guy so i don't know what i did <laughs> i just dicked around with the amp to a certain point i was like yes and that's what i like but he's like i don't know what He's like, they got to it later in years. Yeah. He's like, but early on in their career, they were like, I don't know what to do when this amp goes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's like, he's like, this is the sound that like I like when I like hit my bass and this sound comes out of the amp. But I wrecked the amp to get to that. Oh, for sure. You know, and he's like, and I'm being not not an audio guy. I have no concept of how to reproduce my idiot like drilling holes in an amp <laughs> like randomly. Oh yeah, you for know? sure. <laughs> like you're like, well, oh god. A lot of achieving sounds on on our. EP was like by accident. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm getting better at figuring out how to re- replicate those accidents, yeah. but you know, or to do things properly, how to mic an acoustic guitar or whatnot. But yeah. you know, oh no, don't move that mic. <laughs> Leave it right there. <laughs> like it's picking it up so good. But yeah, when I think about the first live show, oh, <laughs> uh, that'll be a whole other thing. That's gonna be a show. Doing live shows without uh, a Being stack of <laughs> amplifiers, you know. <laughs> And uh, acoustic more guitar. Th- more than that, like if you um, tinker and tinker and change and modify, and then you get the file that you love. It's, I guess, I guess for me, it's kind of like uh, I'm a bit of an artist and I'm a bit of a photographer, and taking a raw file out of my camera and not being able to put it through Photoshop for like color balancing or mm. yeah terrifies me oh for sure that's super scary that's true yeah <laughs> but i always see no post-production you're just like here it is uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> please don't i always it. see live and i'm already starting to see a uh, practical reality of playing these songs live as being very different from the recordings yeah mm. it's definitely not gonna sound the same <laughs> yeah it'll be unless the show's in your washroom yeah we'll just have yeah, you yeah, all exactly. over <laughs> yeah, to exactly. bathroom. that's it yeah. It's limited engagement. Three bucks how many many people can stand in the <laughs> bathtub? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Three, yeah. four people uncomfortably. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, that's it. Yeah. Well, that's out. a fringe show. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so we're gonna hit. Uh, you know, we do five questions. I don't know. If, do we have a new five questions? I don't know if it's been. It's been a year. Or yeah. So. I don't. I'm. I think we started to get up. a little flashback. I feel. Of, uh, so we ask the same. Typically, we ask the same three questions. We do cycle them up. We ask the same three questions to every guest. Then our last guest asked you guys a question without knowing who you were. And then the last question is, what question would you like to ask to our next guest without knowing okay. who our next guest yeah, is? I remember that now. So that okay. keep that in mind because that's the last question. And I think we did switch them up. Uh, question number one, um, how does the world end? Bio-warfare. Bio-warfare? That's terrifying. Yeah. So we're all like mutants. We're all going to die from like some fucked up disease. Uh, like a first, super the first chapter of The Stand. Like a super flu. Yeah. yeah. Because of global warming. That's just me. I'm cheery and optimistic. In the Arctic I mean, I asked, like I asked how did the world end. I didn't was like, how do we get through it? No, I was like, it's ending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, without question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bio. Yeah. Or, I, or I don't know. I don't something know. climate related actually is probably more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
But that one of those could be interlinked. You know? True. Like Maybe. the polar ice caps melt, some ancient disease comes. That is out. already happening. Actually, there's already yeah. all these fucked up viruses and bacteria that have been lying dormant in in ice that's now melting, yeah. and it's just like I saw a documentary on that that John. Yeah, Carpenter it's terrifying. Did. Oh, <laughs> John, oh, really? A documentary that John Carpenter did. Yeah. It was called uh, the thing. The, 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 the <laughs> thing. <laughs> like it was like the th thing. documentary the th starring uh, yeah. Kurt Russell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Man, I've seen documentaries starring Kurt Russell. <laughs> He's a weird dude. He is a weird dude. I was gonna say also, just like even without that, though, they're already like uh, Sarah, my wife, got bronchitis, and they waited so long to put her on antibiotics because that's like a thing now. Is they they try to avoid less, right? putting you on antibiotics because we've relied on antibiotics so much. We're all a bunch of pussies now. <laughs> well, no, but 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 the like the the various. Things resistance that to it the, right? exactly yeah. that's it like with the like various diseases and stuff like that have now built up an immunity to our antibiotics so they're like let's lose it use that as a last resource because there's like apparently a like a shelf life of how useful penicillin is because eventually everything will be immune to penicillin because too many people say i want to go drinking on friday so i'm not going to finish my bacterial <laughs> antibiotic prescription i've definitely done yeah that. <laughs> This uh, is your fault. You're part of the problem, <laughs> April. Definitely. If you don't, if you don't kill, am. if you don't kill that bacteria dead, <laughs> yeah. then you might not be sick anymore. But the next person you cough on gets a bacterial like uh, antibiotic gets, gets resistance. Gets the best strain. one. Oh, geez. yeah, exactly. That's it. So apparently, yeah. Uh, okay, on I, the I did it once. <laughs> <laughs> I did it once. I swear. Bio warfare. Yeah. Call it. <laughs> then after that, I was just doing math. <laughs> 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 Didn't finish my antibiotics once, but <laughs> just straight into meth. Nothing clears oh, up a cold, man. Nothing <laughs> clears up a cold like meth. Exactly, that's it. Yeah. Clears it out. Um, so to take it up a notch, then. <laughs> well, what do you do to cheer yourself up now that we've been talking about the end of the world? Apart from meth. Apart from meth. <laughs> oh, they're just nodding to We're each just other. like, you go first. No, you go first. No, oh, you go first. I hang out with my little parakeet named Rosie. Cute. And watch really dumb reality TV. Okay. And ob and weed. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Yeah. Re reality TV. Is there a? Do you have like a, a favorite poison? Have you watched Terrace House? Is the question. No, I haven't even heard of that. Oh man, I'm like. So Terrace House is a Japanese reality TV show. Oh, Terrace, like a terrace. terrace. Yeah, uh, yeah, but not yeah. like Terra, her house. No, okay. no, no, no. And it's like, picture a show like Big Brother and then turn the drama down to one. Awesome. Where it's just, <laughs> it's just people just like quietly being like, just I think I like lives. him. I think he likes me. <laughs> and then they just like, they make like a delicious curry. Oh my God. Okay. It's, it's so low key and like things happen at a snail's pace. And we were like, it's all of the like, shot like a reality show but with all of the like weird like drama and like in your face oh. all of it's gone it's just people just being like kind of chill and low-key wow and i was just gonna going say drag race so that's yeah. like the whole other end of the spectrum yeah. <laughs> RuPaul's drag race. yeah it's on netflix though terrace oh. house oh really it's, it's very like it's like the bob ross of reality shows kind of yeah exactly that's Ooh. it like a guy might like a girl and it'll take them like four to five episodes to like hold hands like hmm. it's just that's awesome and just everybody's like talking about it. it's it's a insane not insane but like it's such a like the antithesis of what you think reality tv is because you yeah. it's like what will they do next oh and you're God, like yeah. nothing they're gonna they're, <laughs> they're gonna just 
They're going to make curry. <laughs> exactly. They're going to be pretty chill. Someone has a cold this week. So they're like under a blanket for most of the episode. Like, that sounds it. great. It is both terrible, but my favorite reality television show is Slow TV, so... I've got Have you guys nothing? seen Slow TV? No. no. Also on Netflix. <laughs> also on Netflix. It's weird. We spend like half our lives on Netflix and I haven't heard of it's either. The algorithms have, have weeded this stuff out. Yeah. Slow TV is like, there's like stuff where they'll have a camera on the top of a train and then in real time, it'll be the train driving through the like. Norway. Norway. For oh. eight hours. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? That Ding. sounds amazing. And then like it parks at like a, a station for like 10 minutes. You see people getting off and on. Ding, and then it just drives on again. Is it all just random things like that? Like or No, it's like a full eight-hour eight trip from, like... There's one that's on a ferry, same thing. Like So it's, yeah. like, transport stuff. No, so it's no, just... There's one, one, of them is, one of them is just watching uh, a farmer, like, shear sheep. And one oh. of them is, like, a knitting hour. <laughs> See? Like five Norwegian like ladies knitting. This, yeah. is where this is where TV is gone. That's really interesting to me. It's, like... That's kind of thinking outside of the box of like coming up with programming and like there needs to be a story and a script and it's yeah. like no no put a camera as these people are playing bridge we're gonna watch them <laughs> for four hours yeah whatever. Canasta. slow TV when it was released in Norway it's, was one of the highest rated television shows in that country okay so history. it's from that it's speaks to so many things <laughs> exactly they do a lot of things right over there yeah. such a, a different I think like like thought of what television could be or something. Yeah. Like, yeah this well, is fine. For me, if, if, you like, if you like reading, it's the best. You put it on, you read a few pages. If you get distracted from the book, you look up and you're like, still a train. Yeah. <laughs> we always joked train. about uh, a podcast of just someone reading a book, like not out loud, but just like <laughs> reading the book and just like, like every now and then like hearing like the page turn and then being like, oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> <interesting. laughs> it's just like, it's like two hours of like almost silence and being like, I think um, <laughs> you know, like I actually with uh, uh what's his name uh uh, uh Nick uh Kroll Swartzen Offerman Nick Offerman oh. <laughs> that was great <laughs> Nick Offerman did a thing like that a couple of years ago where he just it was like several hours of him just drinking scotch next to a fire <laughs> sometimes you want company not it's just not like wood. No, occasionally he like he takes a sip and like mm, makes a little noise <laughs> like that and like just like yeah. looks at the fire. He probably got paid like twenty five grand just to do Maybe, that. Yeah. But I was like I said, I always thought about the podcast element because it was like there's something I think nice when you're reading a book and there's like someone with you reading a book and you're not interacting with the person. You when know, you and know I was like I, I feel that would be like a nice like weird like audio presence to like put in while you're reading another book. <laughs> You know what I mean? So like it's just you're listening to someone reading. Yeah. So you're not reading by yourself. Noises. So you're not oh, reading by yourself. So it's just like it's just like the occasional, like I said, like a little like just tiny little bits of sound to not be like alone. It's like unconscious ASMR type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where you're not focusing on the minutia of sound, but yeah. it's there. Yeah. You're just like I I'm just not alone. Someone else is in this room reading with me. Uh what do you do to cheer yourself up, Sean? Speaking of TV, because I want to wrap this into what we were just talking about, but I just, I watch YouTube. There's a there's a kind of list, short list of YouTube videos that make me feel happy mm -hmm. if I really need a pick me up. Yeah, but, in, in but I find I watch YouTube more like TV now. Mm -hmm. oh. 
like there's certain channels I follow. I know I'm catching up. Everybody does this except <laughs> for me. But like I didn't never looked at YouTube. I'd be like, I want to look at this video or how do I make tie my tie or whatever. You know, like yeah, YouTube yeah. is a strictly practical thing. You know, like. But now there's YouTube creators. That's it. Like, oh shit. Yeah. Now, for years there has been, <laughs> but I'm only catching on to this now that I like. Oh, I can subscribe to a channel and like I can watch your videos every morning when I drink my coffee or whatever. Yeah. But there's a couple of videos. Uh, there's one, it's black and white footage of the MC5 playing Rambling Rose in like 1968. <laughs> oh, yes. And it's so good. <laughs> they are just, like, they don't even know how good they are. And they were re- like egomaniacs, you yeah, know, yeah. like they're just living it so hard in the moment. And they're playing outdoors and, uh, it makes me so happy to watch because it was like, oh, there were like total rock maniacs mm. 55 years ago doing this when like people were like, you know, kind of, you know, that wearing matching I, suits. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't feel yeah. like there was that level of like total attitude and fury in music other than like maybe uh little richard or something like that like when yeah. you watch him perform there's back so then, many, there's and he's completely dripping with sweat yeah there's I, I just find in just in general i find like old concert footage blows my mind like how difference we watched uh sarah and i watched i forget where it was maybe it was at the hollywood bowl or whatever but it was like an entire like doors concert and you were like, and this was like peak, peak doors, like sellout, massive thing. But you're like, but there's still like no screen, no pyro, no whatever. Yeah. You're like, it's just the band. And then like for two and a half hours, like the entire audience is like enraptured. And Jim Morrison is out of his mind. Yeah. And he's like making jokes and then like falls down and then like freestyles about like a moth that's on a speaker and whatever. And you're like, it's so far removed from what you would think of a mega concert now, but that was a mega concert. And, that and the cops were waiting backstage for him because he said he was going to fuck his mom or something like that. Yeah. Like, you or, know, like or, it was crazy. Or what? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. Like, they, they were like arrested him for like pretending to take his dick out or something like that. Yeah, like, there's a whole bunch of like, uh, what was the other one? Uh, a weird pit of Canadian music history that I didn't know. I can't, like Rock and Roll Express is where my head is going, but that's a Festival uh, Express. Tentative. That's a Festival Express. Yeah, yeah if you ever watched the Festival Express documentary, that was amazing. Seen bits of that. Yeah, exactly. Like the CN Rail Train yeah. that they were like, oh, we're gonna do east to west, and it was like, uh, like Grateful Dead and like Janis Joplin yeah. and like a the million, band. like yeah, the band. Yeah, was no there. big like, deal. Just Janis Joplin and the band yeah, jamming exa- in car number thirty-eight. Yeah, exactly. You know? And they were like, like, oh, and then we set up like. Sp- like uh, a whole like like instruments and stuff like that so they could jam on the train yeah. and i was oh. like what is happening That's like the, my dream yeah it's like crazy just like i said old concert footage in general just always blows my mind of just yeah. like you're like how how like less produced it was yeah. and you're like yeah it used to be that a band would just get up and play a song and there didn't need to be a production and it would sound yeah, good sure. because they were talented yeah all and all of all of woodstock like yeah yeah watch, all of woodstock, woodstock there, there was like no pyro and m- jumbotrons at like at woodstock no. or holograms yeah, people could play their songs and yeah yeah, yeah i don't know I so still youtube think channels you're, you're you're so favorites. yeah there's there's a couple of videos there's another one that i watched it's like basically about 30 seconds long but it's and i don't even know how i found it it's so random it's not like a viral video it's just like a video that these kids took of this guy doing like you know those little razor scooter things, those little tiny yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He does a scooter trick and he nails it. Oh yeah. And he's so excited. <laughs> and he's like, he nails this crazy trick, and his friend is taping him with his camera, his, his phone camera. And he he goes like, fuck yeah, man! And he throws his scooter in the air, and he's like, fuck yeah! He's just celebrating like. I fucking did it, man. Yeah. And then you hear this like, ding, 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 ding. He's like, the fucking ice cream man. <laughs> and like right after he just nailed his trick and is celebrating, the ice cream man comes and he like almost loses his mind. <laughs> it's like he's too so much happy. That kid peaked. Yeah, that's like the best he'll ever feel in his life. life. He's never going right to be then. happier. And it's, I can't help but just feel like this innocent happiness inside of me when I see that. Do you guys and know? And you've seen Baby Yoda. Oh, yeah, Because yeah. Baby Yoda's up there. Oh. I haven't even seen The Mandalorian yet, but Baby Yoda just fills me with that. He's a new source of endorphins <laughs> with that for joy. us. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Do you guys know Dude Perfect, the, the guys who do stunt sports shots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they throw basketballs over their heads. I've seen those, yeah. Like, the dudes where it's like, I feel that the, the, the quintessential Dude Perfect was the, like, it was like a Lamborghini going, like, 100 miles an hour, and then a dude throws a football through the open windows oh of the God. Lamborghini as it drives by. Whoa. And hits a target on the other and side. And hits a target on the other side. So you're like, how many times do exact, they have to do that? Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's, that's what I love about Dude Perfect because I don't watch it by myself. I watch it with my six-year-old who has no idea that There's they've done 500 takes, takes <laughs> to get each shot. And he is stunned silent. He is the double-take king of watching Dude Perfect videos. That's awesome. the best. He's like, what? <laughs> they threw a football off the top of the stadium into the end zone, into a basketball hoop. And it went. He was like, how? <laughs> what? Why? It's the best. It's my favorite thing. It's so cool. God. I mean, it's not that hard. Kurt Hennig did it all the time. Mr. Perfect. It was like yeah, wrestling reference. <laughs> 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 he just threw basketballs over his shoulder and he's like swished every time. I'm not going to jump on that because I also didn't jump on the G.I. Joe reference that came up earlier. Oh. I'm just going to. There was a G.I. Joe reference? Snow job. Snow job. Oh, snow job. Yeah. That's right, yes. <laughs> um, I already forgot about that. That could be a whole other episode. I'll never we could go down. We, the, other, the other podcast is just us rambling pop culture nonsense, so we could go down <laughs> a whole It's hard to change channels. A whole <laughs> other, we could go down a whole other rabbit hole. Uh, tell us about the first time you lied to your parents to get away with something. I can. I don't know if it was the first time, but the, the one that comes to memory, like obviously, we're not, we're not gonna fact check this. Involved you and James and a BB gun. That wasn't the first time. I by know. A long I know. <laughs> but that's the funniest one. <laughs> yeah. Tell it while I think of something, because I honestly don't know. Because okay. I was such a good. Yeah, we kid. were teenagers when that happened, but. <laughs> Sounds like a good story, which is basically the point of the question. So. Yeah. My brother James had gotten himself into some very deep trouble with a BB gun. So he wanted a BB gun. My parents said, no, you can't have one because mm -hmm. he was like 14 years old. And I guess we're, no, we don't live in the country. So they were like, they didn't want him to have one. So he got himself one anyway. And then him and his uh, buddies were skipping class to shoot things with it. And um, a window at the school got shot out while a class was in session. So my brother got in big trouble. And he was suspended. And my parents lost their they flipped their lids over that <laughs> so anyway a couple years after that um me and james were running around shooting things in the backyard with a bb gun mm -hmm. <laughs> again and uh my mom came home with her friend <laughs> and 
we were in the house at this point in time and I had the BB gun and like I was like you know whatever like we were just playing around I wasn't gonna didn't have my finger on the trigger or anything but like I was like you know whatever and then like oh my god mom's home so like my the only thing I could do was literally sit on it to hide it <laughs> and then they sat down they're a bit older so what age I'm trying to think of James is I'm 14 like, you're 16 I, I'm 16 he's like 14 okay. something like that so I sit down on the BB gun, and then my mom and her friends sit down in the living room with me. And I don't really have anywhere to go. I can't. <laughs> I live I'm here stuck. now. I'm stuck. Yeah, like, I can't just, you know, they're going to, if they see me fidgeting, they're going to be like, well, what are you doing? So I'm looking at my brother James, and I'm like, well, I'm stuck here, you know. So he disappears, and uh, he goes into the kitchen, and I just hear him say, oh, my God, an owl. And my mom was like, where? And she gets up and runs to the kitchen to see out the, the window. The and I was like, clearly that's my cue. And I just got up and grabbed it's the It's probably like one in the and, afternoon. Oh my God, an owl. Yeah. And then she's like, where is it? She's like, oh, I think I scared him away. Like I heard that happening in the kitchen while I was stashing this BB gun. That's hilarious. I always got caught in my lies. So I, I legit cannot think of any... Wait, wait, it doesn't say that you got away with it. It just says the first time you lied to your parents to try to get away with something. I'm trying to think. I stole the van once, like... Really? Oh, I remember you talking I just that. drove it around the block, but it was my f my best friend Tara and I. I think I was maybe 15. I was, like, close to getting my license or close to starting driver's ed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we just kind of... Basically driving. Yeah. And actually, there was this... There was, like... <laughs> There was like a little summer festival going on on the other side of town that my parents were playing music for. So like I knew they were going to be gone. So we got in the old Woodside paneling Dodge Caravan. We It was at night. I did not have the lights on because I didn't know oh how no. to turn them on. I literally just like went, drove down the hill, did a loop and came back up. But in that time, I guess my dad had forgotten a wire or something at home that yeah. he needed. So as I was pulling back onto my street... My dad was there holding his, like, Zach Morris cell phone because it was, like, I don't know what year it was. But hmm? so, yeah, that was, I mean, I didn't really What was lie. the lie? Were you like, it I was an I think I tried to say something. Yeah, like, something was wrong with my friend Tara. And I was, like, <laughs> I was going to drive her to the hospital. But then I was, like, oh, wait, I don't know how to drive. So then I just decided I would come back home. And, like, I tried to make it seem like I was doing the right thing by only going around the block instead of driving to her to the hospital. I honestly can't remember the lie, but... Yeah, yeah it total, was bad. Clearly total bullshit. As right? soon yeah. as yeah, I saw his face, I was just like, oh. Yeah, I don't know. I was always. I it was nice knowing you, Tara. <laughs> I only, I only. I mean, I've, so, I've spoken to my dad about this before, and he can attest it was infuriating because I would like, if I lied, I would like dig in, and like refuse. Like if I was like, yeah, this is like Tara needed me to drive, I'd be like, and that's what happened. See, I never had the. Guts. And I and like I, my dad would be like bullshit, whatever. I'd be like, no. That is what happened, and like, and just like I was like, my dad was like, it was infuriating because he's like, I, I know my son is lying to my face, but you're just like, I'm not backing down. You're like, you're like, and then what is the conversation about? You're like, you'd punish him or punish me, mm -hmm. and be like, you're grounded, and I'd be like, you can ground me, but that is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, do what you need to do to make yourself feel better, Dad. Oh man. 
but that's my story. And like, <laughs> like I would just never back down from the story. Kind of respect that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever punishments or whatever got dished out, it was very rare that I would like back off from the lie. And my dad was like, it was the worst. It's, it's important to note that that Keith and I are not the brightest of people anyways. <laughs> Going back to the BB story, we had a friend who went to Korea to work and teach English. And airsoft <laughs> guns are a big thing in oh. Korea. You can buy super realistic, So realistic. Airsoft crazy. guns. And one year for Christmas, he decided it was a great idea to ship us like 12 of them mm-hmm. to uh, dole out to all the, the boys in our, our circle of friends. And he, he shipped them to Keith and Keith was like, I got the box, come over now. <laughs> and we opened the box, and the first thing we did was we shot a piece of paper, and the second thing we did was shot each other. <laughs> like just, we're like, we're like, you pull the trigger, and it's like, pow, and it's like, punk, shoots right through the paper. We're like, whoa. Yeah, these, these things shot like through magazines, and we like, try that <laughs> skin. Yeah. turned at each other, shot each other, wailed. Oh. Girlfriends come running in. What did you do? Nothing. <laughs> like to this day I have it's like an exact scale replica of like a desert eagle. Like it's the exact mold. And like on any inspection it's clearly plastic. But from far it is like I've checked the measurements. Yeah. It is a precise scale replica of a desert eagle. <laughs> With yeah. no orange bits or bobs. No or orange yeah, cap yeah, or whatever. Even has like the like desert eagle like embossed on it whatever i was like why would you make this a child's toy <laughs> like there's just no Crazy. you would die if you wielded this in any way threateningly I'm like what is wrong with you korea i had a like, rollerblade barbie whose rollerblades sparked totally mm-hmm. set my aunt's rug on fire like oh. not on fire to the point where it was like a situation Smolder, but like legit like, like there's to this the day there's a there's a black part on the rug <laughs> i was like now i have to share my well, at yeah, it was a BB gun. I just share my BB gun story <laughs> also. Because this Pete's was another one. Instantly shooting. <laughs> that was airsoft. No, but it was like where <clears throat> my buddy had a treehouse and we would occasionally take pot shots at cars from the treehouse. Oh, yeah. And it was hilarious. Because Be- he was raised in the 50s. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, he did the same thing. The suburbs. Shots. But, um, and we continually got away with it because there was significant like foliage yeah so you'd be like ping and you're like the car like and it was great that car would like screech to a halt and a guy would just get out and just be like screaming at nothing because like you would know something happened because you're like ping or whatever and occasionally even see like a like a a pot shot in his car and but as long as you kept quiet it was fine and then retroactively six months later getting an angry call from my buddy's mom because him and one of my other friends tried to replicate the fun in the winter where there's no leaves there's in the no tree. Foliage. So you just see idiot kids like in the tree in <laughs> snowsuits with an air gun. Neon snowsuits. <laughs> like, with no cover, immediately got in trouble and then somehow in the like in the, the, the denouement of the event they were like, and Keith did it in the summertime <laughs> and I'm like, What? Why? Like why would you just throw my name out there for no <laughs> like, you guys were in trouble. You couldn't have just owned it. You had to like retroactively get me into shit from stuff Drag we did you into six it? months ago. <laughs> like I was like, because when we and I was like, and again, I was like, the part of the plan was that we were hidden. Yeah, like, that yeah. was part of what made it fun. You guys missed a key part of it. <laughs> just in like bright blue snowsuits <laughs> with an air gun in a tree. Car stops immediately. Is like, hey, there's kids. Like, yeah, instantly. That's got to suck to get burned for something you weren't even a part of yeah. because you were a part of it 
months before. I was part of the better version. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> like the better, more wealth, like well thought out version of it. Yeah. And I was like, then yeah, suddenly in trouble for a thing that I had, all, <laughs> that I had gotten away with months earlier. But now I was like, you shot at a car. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> eight years old. I got away with it. Statute of limitations. <laughs> exactly. Yo, that basically didn't happen. It was six <laughs> months ago. Um, so Louis Restelli, who is the uh, one of the founders of Arc Montreal, uh, Exposine, uh, Distrobido, if you know the Distrobido machines, the cigarette machines that now give out tiny like little mag- magazines. Yeah, like magazines. Yes, I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there used to be a bunch, and now there's less because there's less cigarette machines. Yeah. But yeah, you could like get cassettes and stuff out of them. Um, he wants to know if you could be reincarnated as a vegetable. What vegetable would it be, and why? There's a correct answer. Oh. Bold. Is there? Yeah. <laughs> Bold's cut. Uh, the one that's the most universally hated, so that my chances of getting eaten would be less. But then, but then your chances of rotting go up. That's why yeah. you got to keep going. It's a Double silly question. I think yeah. I'd probably just answer with my favorite vegetable. Yeah. I like. You're going with pickle. Celery. <laughs> I was like, cause pickle gets I don't to know live what forever your if it gets. Is you know. actually. I'm right now. I'm kind of partial to Brussels sprouts. Oh. Even after I fucked them up so bad you last didn't. time. You didn't. They I were. They were fine. Up. They're gross. The secret is bacon. The secret is bacon. Uh, I'm vegetarian, so I can't. Uh, I tried to do like a balsamic reduction. Uh, there's. There must be a, like a. Uh, like a, a, a bacon, like a vegan bacon. Nah, they're not good. A source of fat. Yeah, that's it. But I'm saying, but it's the fat, like the oh, butt, like like, yeah. like a, a fatty substitute, because it's the the fat that makes it good, not yeah, necessarily the bacon. Yeah, that's true. Oh well, next time. Something. <laughs> Brussels sprouts. <laughs> and why though? They're delicious. Okay, and then you'd want to be delicious. If yeah, I'm remembered as anything, it's delicious. <laughs> Although I, I don't think they are specifically delicious, but the way they are prepared hmm. is yeah. delicious, can be delicious. Uh, but I want, I'd want, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think how there would be a right answer to that. But yeah, I mean, subjectively. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would say turn up. You just kind of sit there, watch yeah, the world go up. by for years. Turnips don't go bad. They, they don't go bad. They just sit there. Yeah, there's a long shelf life. I love turnips. What if you're just like in a storage container somewhere? At least you're alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like garlic, because doesn't garlic just grow more garlic when it goes bad? Doesn't it just yeah, it can like sprout, sprout off on those itself? Garlic yeah. sca- okay, I changed my answer. Garlic. But Wait, garlic's not a vegetable. Vegetables? No. Uh, uh, I think it is. I don't know, like roots or it's a legume, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, I no mean, idea. I'll take it. I'm not yeah. the final answer. Garlic. Garlic. <laughs> <laughs> See, we went way dark. Well, not way darker, but <coughs> <laughs> when this question was originally asked, both Walter and I were like, literally, what vegetable could get fucked? <laughs> That's such a boy answer. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, if I'm going to be stuck in a ve- as a vegetable, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so okay. congratulations Wait, no. for everybody taking the high road. Pumpkin <laughs> a few days after Halloween or something. <laughs> Ew. Exactly. Um, and now, what question would you like to ask to our next guest from Sweetheart Grip? Mm. Anything. It can. What are you doing to get through the winter? What are you doing to get through the winter? 
mentally, mental, mentally, uh, mental health wise. You know, like because I feel like I always get cooped up. I I don't want to like answer my own question, but you know, I mean, you I can. Was, I was reading something the last year about this. I can't even remember what the word is because it's a Danish word. But like the Danes have this. Oh, I know what you're talking word about. Word for cozy shit. It's yeah, part yeah, of their yeah, vernacular. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. stuff that makes winter tolerable. Like, yeah, like my brain is nice going to Schadenfreude, but that's a different wine thing. drink or something <laughs> like that. Like sitting by the fire or like yeah, you know, like yeah. doing nice kind of. Scott, cozy are you things. looking it up? I'm looking up. Yeah, yeah. No, it is like there's a someone. Uh, huh? H y g g e. That's yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. Hige. A friend of mine has like a book yeah. of hige or whatever. What's your hige? Like, what yeah, would yeah. that be? That would be the question that I want to know because I want to. I want to try and do some actively. Uh, fight against the misery of winter this year because last yeah. year's winter was April. Like, you, that 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 seems. I was like also like you can't say drag race and weed anymore. She already said that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, was nice. that was my that was my go to on how to get through the winter. Uh, but also I was like Montrealers. I feel like have this whole like our oh, winters are the worst. But then like I have a lot of relatives out in the Maritimes. We're like that's cute. A- exactly, yeah. and I was like <laughs> the one the one brand of Canadian that can be like. Get out of here. It's pretty bad here, though, I will say. Yeah. Like, it gets pretty bad. Yeah, but, but you don't want to say that to any of our friends in Manitoba who are yeah, like... Yeah, I was going to say... I people from like the peg. Yeah. yeah. But they... But it, it's... But Jay was saying because... It could be like minus 40 there, but because it's so dry... Yeah, if it's, you're not, it's not the same. And, like, no air can... I hit the mic, sorry. That's and no right. air can, like, enter. Like, it's not like there's dampness that seeps into you and you stay cold. So it's... He's like, to some degree, yes, it's colder, but it's... It's More it is tolerable. different. It doesn't have the. Yeah. It's not the like the wet winter. Like I've heard a lot of people from like northern Quebec say the same thing, where mm. it's like you're like, physically it is much colder, and you can absolutely get like frostbite. But there's like, the wetness of the like St. Lawrence mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. that yeah. gets into you in a different and your way. Fucking bones. Yeah, and that's like, <coughs> okay. I've been here for like three hours. I'm just starting to warm up now because my jacket was soaked. <laughs> like that's how. Yeah, I remember like we had like yeah. a number of winters for some reason in like. Uh, we went to Moncton. Like uh, we had a couple of like holidays. That's where we went for fun growing up. Well, just like family friends and whatever. Like over the Christmas break, we'd go to our like family friends and stuff in Moncton. And I remember just like dumps of snow and bitterly cold. But then in the what do you do to get through winter? It was like as a kid, and I think that as an adult, like there's something about when it is so cold outside that you have like guilt-free like either video games or binge watching yeah. where you're like, you're like, Oh yeah. Sitting down and playing video games all night. You're like, I wasted my time in the summer, but you're like, if it's minus a million and it's snowing or whatever, you're like, what else would I be doing? And you have that free, like I beat Skyrim. Oh, yeah, Fuck yeah. Sure. you have that free <laughs> justification. You're like, that's okay. I just watched five episodes of something and yeah. it's fine because leaving the house would be awful. So I do like th- mentally. I often like think about like, I get through a lot of shows in the winter yeah, time, oh where, yeah, where I time. barely watch TV in the summertime, because and you're like it's like guilt free because you're like what else would I be doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's not like if I were like on a Friday night in the middle of summertime, if I watched five episodes of a show, I'd be like, well, I kind of just ruined my Friday night, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> yeah. like Friday night in the middle of winter, you're like, oh no, that's fine. Like yeah. that was a perfectly yeah. good Friday night. So not going you, out in that. Yeah, yeah. I, my favorite way to get through winter, winter is I used to have this office. It had a window that looked out of Cabot Square down by Atwater. Nice. And there's this patch of that street on Tupper that would freeze into this solid 
super shiny, slick patch of ice. And I would, would be working and then get kind of distracted or down or stressed out. And I would look out and I would see all the very beautiful women who were not wearing winter boots, wearing little <laughs> spike heels, try to cross that street. And it would always bring me joy. It was, it would, everything that Mary Kondo talks about, like that just, <laughs> I, don't wish you, I don't wish you pain, but I enjoy watching you take like five steps, realize you've made a mistake, and not and know what the next move it. is. Yeah. <laughs> just stand there frozen like Bambi on the middle There's of the There's something the about like the human struggle in that sort of situation that is really interesting to okay. watch. Mm-hmm. They, they never they never fell so badly that they hurt themselves. Yeah. yeah. And that, it wasn't even the fall that what did it's it for me. It was that falls. that moment where they what? realize they've made a mistake <laughs> and they're frozen there. Yeah. They're they're statuing going, "What do I do now?" And the no matter what they chose, it was wrong. And it would make you so happy. It warmed your little heart. Yeah, because they were all Montrealers. It wasn't like yeah. people who had just shown up from Texas going, oh, I did this wrong. It was, they made a decision in the mm-hmm. middle of January. Oh, yeah, put for sure. Heels on and it just so good. Yeah. I'll say like the last winter I had some time off or whatever. And it was like I played Hollow Knight. I don't know if you're a video gamer or if, any, if that means anything. Just but Mortal Kombat. It's like a... It's a throwback to like very hard video games, like in the in a Castlevania Metroid kind of okay. vibe. And What's it called? Uh, Hollow Knight. It's it's incredible. I've definitely heard of it. It's like it's it's the only video game that I've ever played where I was like, and I'm still very much considering getting a tattoo of it. And I'm like, I've played a lot of video games, but I'm like, this game, like the art design was amazing, the play experience of it, and last winter to be like cooped up and to be like. It was like during a snowstorm to be like, I can play this game for eight hours, and I'm going to like, <laughs> and and it not it's feel like the most, feeling. and and it so not feel like the most antisocial decision you've made. Where it's like normally there's like a weird stigma of like you're like, what did I do? But it was like, no, it's freezing cold. It uh, it's like a Tuesday. Like I happen to have the time off. I'm just gonna stay in and just play games. And you go right back to that like, 12, 13 year old self where you're like, yeah. This is this is it. Time, <laughs> like, time yeah. well wasted. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So I mean, I don't know if you can if you can mentally g- put yourself in that spot of you're like I'm gonna indulge in stuff like what like binge watching a TV yeah. show or playing a video game or Actually, whatever. I had a moment like that today because I have a Super Nintendo set up over here, mm-hmm. and I had like a I had an appointment move like reschedule like a big one, so mm-hmm. my day just cleared up. And I played Tetris for hours today. <laughs> I got a bunch of stuff done, like sending people emails and following up on certain things. And then I was like, I could just feel the call. <laughs> and it was like, it's miserable outside. Nobody's coming in here. I was like, I just had that like guilt-free. like Yeah, exactly. That's it. Just going to do this. And by the end of the day, I had a high score and everyone else was in my room trying to beat it. It nice. was awesome. And you're good at Tetris? I'm a, I'm okay. You're I'm okay. not that good. You're not Which, like you're not Sergio at Doctor Mario. No, That's or not. Joey Cormier at Tetris. Yes, uh. our bass player. Yeah, Cormier. Yeah, who was? So what's yeah, your game? What's your unbeatable game? Like your uh, death comes. He says we're gonna play Super Nintendo. Oh, you have one yeah, chance yeah, we'll to Street Fighter. Fighter. Street Fighter Two. Yeah, that's risky, man. That there is are risky. a lot of people. There are really people who are very good at Street yes, Fighter. Yes, but like here's I'm, the thing. I I even have like I have a an arch rival. And I was like, and are you blank? And you just button mash and turn into electricity. Is that <laughs> no, my guy is Ryu. And, and here's the thing. I was always good at Street Fighter. 
okay? I was always good at it, and I was one day I was bragging to my friend on the phone about it while I was beating someone at Street Fighter. He's mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm beating someone at Street Fighter right now. <laughs> and I had a nice conversation with him while I was just, like, whipping his ass. And then uh, it turned into, like, this... It's a long story, but, like, it turned into, like, a... Because my buddy lives in Ontario. This kind of internet smack-talking back and forth. He challenged me. Because I, I even... I said I even have a belt, which I was... I did, but I was bragging. I hadn't fought anybody for the belt. It's not here. Oh, I thought it was here. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I have... The belt. It's at home. <laughs> I had I had a replica. It was my brother, my youngest brother, Chris. It belonged to him when he was a kid. Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestling Smoke, Smoke belt. Skull's belt. Yeah. Yeah. Belt. And I said, I even have a belt, you know, because I just, I, I saw that and I was like, I have this belt, you know. So my buddy decided to challenge me and a lot of uh, potentially friendship ending things were said back and forth. <laughs> and then we fought and he actually beat me and took the belt. I had to to concede the belt to him. Train. So, yeah. like, and and <laughs> like over the years, mark. he it, it actually was really, like, difficult for me to deal with. Like, I had to, I had, um, what like I said I things I can't my, take back. My George Foreman getting beaten by Muhammad Ali moment <laughs> where I was in a slump for, like, 10 years after that. He beat me another three times. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I just. And this is, this is the one you want to take death on? Well, yeah. here's the thing. I I just I brought myself out of the slump, you know. Yeah. Street Fighter is and though it's it's. Like, I started I'm to do some heavy research into the 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 like and strategy of the game, me. and <laughs> I learned a lot about the game and got a lot better at it. And then he came to town, and I took the belt back. So. Nice, nice. Is that our house now? Yeah. Do you have? Were you, do you ever? Was, is there a game that you would like lock in Mortal Kombat? You I said? kill it with Mortal Kombat. Kill yeah, it with Mortal Kombat. If you give me Baraka, you guys, I will fucking end you. And you guys ended up married, a Street Fighter and a Mortal Kombat. No, it's weird. Did you guys know? Yeah. It's like a Leafs and a Habs. It was like oh, two yeah, or three years was. into the relationship, and you're like, what? <laughs> no, yeah. no, no, because no, we were like, I Ring can't. gets really itchy all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I can't beat you at, at Mortal Kombat, but you can't beat me at Street Fighter. It's true. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty dope at. Super Nintendo Mario Kart. Not N64. I suck at that one, but I'm really good at I used to beat my friend on like the Mushroom Cup, the first course of the Mushroom Cup, which is like the easiest course. Yeah. Me playing with my toes and oh. him playing with his hands. Oh, that's a power move. Yeah, Clearly I was an only child. <laughs> yeah. Lots of time. I was going to say, at one point in time you'll have to challenge my wife because my wife is also unnaturally good at Mario Kart. Really I'm going I'm to take back all the toes. smack talk I gave about are you sure about the marriage because... Any woman that can do that, like, yeah. <laughs> she's a yeah. keeper. You should see my toes, though. They're scary. They're like long and de- <laughs> dexterous. Right. So this has gone unbelievably long. It was very fun. Uh, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Our listeners will lock in for the whole time. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna link to. I guess there's the video for Seance Three. Yeah. Uh, there's Troubadour on Bandcamp. Yes. Yeah, I guess there's the promise yeah. of live shows possibly in 2020. Yeah. Do you guys have like a like a Facebook or anything? Not or yet. Or is it I'm, just I'm the Bandcamp? I'm for trying now? to convince April to handle some some uh, be the social media social media stuff because I have like four literally four yeah, like social 20 media different accounts, accounts yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah on Instagram I have four Instagrams I have multiple things for because of my tattoo shop and yeah. my other bands so what's what's holding you back April you just we literally just talked about it like two days ago so oh, wow. I'm yeah. on it like probably Breaking. probably this weekend yeah, exactly. <laughs> there'll, we'll, there'll we'll be, a, there'll be a Facebook page, a Facebook page. Yeah. Yeah. sweetheartgrip.bandcamp.com yeah 
and it'll be streaming everywhere as of November 29th, which I'm sure this will be, that'll be in the past. No, this is coming out tomorrow. Oh, okay. Oh. So tomorrow. So yeah, this is Thursday, Friday. New. Re when yes. did New Record Day become Fridays? Wasn't it Tuesdays when I was a kid? It was. I feel like <laughs> Tuesdays was that like in the early 2000s, I think. Yeah. Or mid aughts. Yeah, there was like a weird period of time where this like new albums come out on Fridays. I was like, what? Because it used to be Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, it was Tuesdays forever. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Awesome. Thank you for hosting us. Oh, my pleasure. That was awesome. Thanks again for listening. Go plug yourself. As always, a big thank you to Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude for providing all of the original music for the show. We mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd love for you to tell your friends about the show, and honestly, that's all you really need to do. But if you're feeling particularly generous, you can support the show financially and 9to5.cc in general by going to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. You can get early access to every episode of Go Plug Yourself and other perks too. Finally, if you or someone you know has a project they'd like to plug on the show, reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook by searching 9to5cc, and we're 9to5cc on Twitter also. If everything works out, you could be the next person to sit down with Walter and I and talk about horror movies or wrestling. And I mean, also the sh thing that you're trying to plug. 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.